Hello, hello, everyone. Happy uh, Wednesday, I think it is. The days all flow together now. Welcome to the third episode in my new series I'm calling the Disenraged series. The Disenraged series is more, it's not about news as much. It's not about politics as much. It's more about just the human experience. I'm going to be interviewing lots of really interesting guests that are doing different things in the world that might be a little bit off the beaten path, might be stories that you might not normally hear about. And the purpose of this series is really to just expose people to different perspectives, different ways of viewing the world, different interesting conversations, because when we are living in this crazy reality in which everyone around us seems to be going mad, I think that the very best way that we can remedy that is through conversations where we can understand each other and really remember all the possibilities for the world and how awesome the world is and how many different types of characters we might encounter on a regular basis. And I've got a wonderful guest today. I'm so excited about this conversation. We, we, I, I've been excited about this for like the last week, and I'm going to introduce him in a minute. But before we get into that, I want to let you know that I've got a lot of streams scheduled, not only in the Disenraged series, but also with just some uh, this general stream. And this one's going to be coming tomorrow. This is a conversation with Dennis Pratt and a whole bunch of libertarians about the recently completed greatest libertarian festival of all time, Pork Fest 2022. We are going to do a recap of the events. and We're going to have lots of amazing guests on to talk about it and hopefully get people really excited for next year. I've already bought my tickets to Pork Fest 2023. I hope you have as well. And uh, I just, I can't wait. Pork Fest really is the best week of the year. It is the week that gives me hope in humanity again. And I'm thrilled to have Dennis back on the channel tomorrow to talk about that. But I've got a whole bunch of disenraged podcasts coming up on Friday at 2 p.m., which is a little bit different than at five because we're on Joshua time. Be on Friday, we're going to have Joshua the psychic come on himself and he's going to talk to us about what it is like to be a psychic. As you guys know, I do a show with Joshua every Tuesday evening on my channel called Nothing Remotely Controversial. It's a fun show. It's a lighthearted show. And uh, so this is not going to be that. This is going to be an interview with Joshua about how he became a professional psychic, his process, what it's like for him to psychic things. Do you guys know Joshua actually hears voices in his head? He's clairaudient. That's one of the ways he communicates with spirit. I want to know what that's like. So we're going to have that conversation with Joshua on Friday at 2 p.m. We will still be heading over to my second channel, youtube.com slash activelyunwoke for a happy hour on Friday at 5 p.m. So we should wrap this up in plenty of time for that. And then next week, I've already got a couple of amazing conversations scheduled. On uh, Monday, we are going to meet Spectre. And Spectre is actually a guy that I've been on his Twitch channel a couple of times. And Spectre is a socialist. He is a little, a, a few shades shy of being a communist. And I, and, but he and I have always just had a really good rapport with each other. And I want to know how Spectre sees the world. I want to talk about how the, the way that socialists, like legitimate socialists perceive things. And he's not like a leftist. He's not like, well, he is a leftist, but he's not like a crazy SJW. He's a reasonable person. And I want to have a conversation with him where we explore different types of politics. And I think that's going to be really great. That's going to be on Monday at five. And then on Wednesday, I did it again. We're going to have the same. We're going to have the, the Hitler conversation again. But it's not just going to be about Hitler. I promise. I'm bringing my friend Dan Smots on the channel. He is the host of the System is Down podcast and the most amazing video editor you will meet. He is the person responsible for Jeremy Kaufman's ads for Senate. And he and I are going to have a conversation about spirituality. And we're going to try to answer the question, did Hitler go to hell? I'm sure that I won't ruffle any feathers with that conversation at all. I'm sure it'll be just fine. Um, so, But I'm really looking forward to having Dan on the channel. I've been on his show. I definitely recommend people check it out. 
And then on Thursday next week, and I haven't made the, the thumbnail for this yet, but I'm going to have Jennifer actually on the channel. Jennifer's in the chat right now. And Jennifer's going to talk about being raised in a conservative Christian cult and what that was like and how she she got out of that. So that's going to be an awesome conversation as well. So lots of great things going on with the Disenraged series. I'm really happy about it. It is actually available in audio-only forums on Apple, Google, Spotify, all major podcast providers now. I just set that up this week. So if you want to listen to an audio-only version of it or have that to kind of carry around in your phone with you, that's going to be, a, that is now available as well. And of course, this episode today will be going right up on those platforms, um, trying, to, trying to get more, trying to get off the YouTubes as it were, and expand into more areas. Well, guys, I'm so excited to have my friend Bill on the channel today. Magister Bill M. is a Satanist and a member of the Church of Satan. He is the host of the internet's longest-running Satanism-related podcast, The Devil's Mischief, on RadioFreeSatan.com, and recently launched a new Satanism podcast called Satansplain, at satansplain.com. As a member of the of the Church of Satan priesthood, Bill has conducted numerous interviews and published many articles on Satanism, as well as conducted satanic weddings and funerals. I think that this is going to be a fascinating conversation just to find out what does it mean to be a Satanist? What does the Church of Satan believe in? What do they actually do? I'm sure you guys have some questions for Bill as well, and we are more than happy to take them. Bill, welcome to the channel, and thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm a I'm a fan of your show, and you know mm -hmm. we know each other in person. All that so. we did. We we met at a, a a political event, and you know kind of yeah. kept in touch. And you know I and I'm I'm really excited to you know when I learned you were a Satanist, I think I was like, oh my god, I have to have you on my channel. And we had planned to do this a while ago, and then it just yeah. kind of got out of hand, and as life does, but yeah, we made it. Got around to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, mm -hmm. maybe we start off with just a general question: What does it mean to be a Satanist? Well, it's Satanism, not Satan worship. Uh, Satanism is about embracing the life-enriching things which have traditionally been given the devil's name. So pride, lust, earthly success, rational self-interest, atheism, humor, nonconformity, science, personal passions, a passion for living, being selective about whom we love. Uh, we feel that most religions have traditionally condemn these things as being shameful sins, but we take them as empowering ideals. And at the same time, we also recognize the psychological power and the fun of uh, symbolism and aesthetics. So we utilize Satan as mythology's most fitting mascot for what we're about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. How did you become a Satanist? Well, I had gone through, I'd studied uh, quite a number of religions and I went through a number of them myself and i was still searching for something that felt like the right fit for me and uh, my worldview my convictions and eventually found uh, the satanic bible by anton zander levey and read it and saw myself in it and gave it some thought to make sure it was something i could really resonate with and connect with commit to and 20 plus years later here i am <laughs> Were you raised with any sort of um, like more more like mainstream religious uh, beliefs? Yeah, my parents were Catholic. I was raised in a Catholic household. They weren't overtly religious. Um, like I said, I went through a number of other religions between then and now. Um, 
an accusation we often hear is like, oh, well, you're a Satanist because you're rebelling against your parents. And I was like, no, I have a good relationship with my parents. And still, they're still married. They're still alive. And uh, I just realized a long time ago that religion I was raised in wasn't for me and moved on to do other things, did some new age dabbling, looked at the Eastern religions and all that. Mm -hmm. What do your parents think about you being a Satanist? As far as I know, they are not aware of it, or if they are, they're not <laughs> saying it. Um, it's not that I'm ashamed of who I am, but I kind of realize like um, they'll find maybe they'll probably find out one of these days. I'm not looking forward to just having to go explain that mm -hmm. uh, to them. Um, because the thing about parents, and this happens not just with Satanists, but with other people too, I'm sure, is that even if you're an adult, your parents kind of still view you as uh, their property and they sometimes can't distinguish between um, you making your own convictions and them failing as parents saying, you know, you don't end up believing the same thing they believe in. Mm -hmm. So it's hard to have an objective conversation about religion, you know, cases like that. Oh, I, I completely understand what you're talking about in regards to that. Believe me. Um, so you've been doing... Can relate. Yeah, I, 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 I can absolutely relate to that. I, well, I, even mm -hmm. not even just religion. I remember like, you know, growing up, my, my parents used to tell me like, you know, when you have, when you own your own house, you get to make the rules, you get to do whatever you want, but now go clean your room. And then as soon as I owned my own house and I didn't want to have, like, I didn't want to spend all my time cleaning and like dusting and all this stuff. Not that my house is like crazy, but you yeah. know, it's a little, it's a little clutter. Um, they, yeah. my mother came in and was like, I'm going to clean your house. I was like, Hey God, you're changing the rules. <laughs> <laughs> um so you've been you've been in so you've been in the church of satan for 20 years and so how, least, yeah. how how like so what is your role in the church of satan so members of the church of satan are pretty much allowed to use as much of the membership as they want there are some people who join and feel that okay this is the thing that uh, represents me and have no desire to go talk to other members, uh, whereas some others do. I've always enjoyed meeting up with other members in person, to, you know, talking to them, doing projects together. So the clerical titles that we have in the Church of Satan are more like honorary titles. Um, it's not like as a magister, as a member of the priesthood, I conduct weekly services for other Satanists. You know, rituals uh, pretty much done on a personal need basis. Mm -hmm. uh, but we do have a need to have media representatives and we do give out honorary titles now and then based on how well we see somebody applying Satanism to their lives and how well they, they can explain it and so on. Mm -hmm. So how does one <clears throat> apply Satanism to their lives? How, like, how does one do it in a correct way where they would be bestowed with a title? Well, it, we're not an initiatory organization. It's not like you have to um, do, you know, study certain things and, you know, you become a priest and so on. Like I said, it's honorary. But um, there are people who, you know, like I said, joined and decide to just mind their own business, never check in. We, If we can't see what they're doing, we, you know, we don't know what they're up to and, and we can't give a title based off of that. But um, I would say just, uh, you know, living and applying the philosophy, which is a very self-serving philosophy in your life and showing what um, you've had and per personal accomplishments, what you can 
share with um, you know the Satanists as well. Mm-hmm. It's going to be different for for different Satanists. There's no hard and fast you know rule of success because everybody's different. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like people. I mean, it it seems okay. I'm probably going to make what's like a horrible analogy, but I'm just I'm trying to wrap my head around it. So right. I like with the like the Libertarian Party. It's a little bit like a social club. Like we get together and we do activities, and then some people are more involved, and and we might do like for fun activities where we might go to like you know the bar to drink or whatever, or go to like a big arcade or things like that. But then we also do things that are more like activism related, where we might go out petitioning or like you know getting involved, like doing a rally or things like that. And it kind of seems like you know the people who are showing up to both of those things tend to end up in like leadership roles either at like the state or eventually at the national level because they're the ones who are involved they're the ones who are showing up and you know like part about being um in the with like the libertarians is that it is a little bit of a social club we like talking about these things and we like talking about issues and we like talking about you know different philosophies and things like that and that that kind of runs the gamut across all of the different activities is that kind of what it's similar with like the church of satan where it's like a little bit of a social thing but you guys are really kind of talking through the different ideas and how to apply them and maybe like you know doing rituals when when that when it necessitates that and it's about the people who are showing up yeah i'd say it's somewhat similar to that um at least in most of the regards that you listed um you know there will be people who want to take on a more active role and it's kind of like that with almost everything in life that you have these natural hierarchies that form um, you know, I guess, I guess as Jordan Peterson <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. might, uh, might point out in more detail and, um, you know, people decide what, um, how they want to apply this in their lives, how active they want to be, you know, and, and so on. And we just see where, where things go. You're, you're still under no obligation, um, as a member of the church of Satan to participate you know, in anything socially. So. Mm-hmm. So what is kind of the core philosophy of the Church of Satan? Well, it's um, sort of as I rattled off in the beginning, uh, the philosophy is Satanism. So um, the Church of Satan was founded as an organization in 1966 by Anton Zandel LeVay. And um, it is the international organization that um, I think best represents Satanism. And the religion is summarized in the Satanic Bible. And I gave a brief overview um, mm-hmm. you know, about a minute ago. Yeah. But I don't know if um, there's something more specific. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I guess I'm thinking like, so with, um, again, I'll, I'll equate it back to like the libertarians. So, I mean, I, okay. you know, so with the libertarians, like private property is a like really core belief. You're probably not going to be a libertarian if you do not believe in private property. The yeah. non-aggression principle is going to be a core belief. Um, in the Mises caucus specifically, no identity politics is going to be a core belief. Anti-war is going to be a core belief. Um, what are kind of some of the most important beliefs in the Church of Satan that that you would say that you know most like most if not all people involved are really on board with well we do have as a convenient list we have the nine satanic statements which summarize uh, the core philosophy of what we're about but uh i would say uh, regarding libertarianism we are libertine perhaps in the sense that we're very big on uh the importance of the individual and putting the individual over the collective. And we feel mm-hmm. that that is in diametric opposite to what a lot of, a lot of spiritual religions have, you know, dictated. Um, so we're shamelessly selfish 
in that regard, we put ourselves first. We say philosophically as Satanists, um, the God of the sat of Satanism is not Satan. Satan is a metaphor for uh, humanity's carnal nature, nonconformity and those other archetypes that I've mentioned before. Okay. The actual God of Satanism is the self. Uh, we consider ourselves philosophically, symbolically our own gods. Uh, I am my own God in that I am the person who matters the most at the end of the day. When things happen, I'm the one who has to take the responsibility for that, the most of that, uh, good or bad, as it happens. Uh, we do explicitly believe that deities are the invention of the human imagination. So we do not believe in a supernatural entity, whether it's Satan or God or otherwise. Mm-hmm. That's so interesting that's, because oh sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying so that's um at least some of the fundamentals mm -hmm. as it is. It, it, I think it's interesting that you say that like you're basically like the god of your own experience because like I believe that we are all gods of our own experience as well. But I, I believe it in a mm -hmm. little bit more of like a, a like a you know, I guess metaphysical way where I do believe we come from the divine and then we are here to kind of create our own experience. But you know, I I I piss a lot of people off when I say you are the god of your own life. You can create whatever you yeah. want in this life. And it kind of seems that even though you don't believe in the divine aspect of it, you're more like a an atheist, like you you believe the same thing that you are the creator of your own experience here on earth do i have that right yeah um i would say so and like you point out we don't take the i, I know there are lots of different schools of thoughts that use that same phrase and that same sort of metaphor of you know the the god of the self but mm -hmm. we do take it to the extreme in saying that you know all the all deities we believe are just inventions of a, the human imagination. So mm -hmm. we believe if you're going to worship a external deity, then you're kind of by proxy worshiping whatever mind invented that. So why not mm -hmm. just start with yourself as the God? Well, it's actually okay. funny you say that because I actually believe that that people create their own demons as well. I but but I, again, I believe that if enough if, if a person believes strongly enough in it, or if enough people believe in it, then it becomes a real thing, kind of like hell. Like I don't think hell's a real place, but I think that enough people believing hell is a real place can actually kind of create hell on earth, which. It's a whole other topic that we can probably talk about, but, um, yeah. but, but I, I do think it's like, you know, so I, I, I actually appreciate like the self-focus um, of, of the belief system. And it's, it's more about just like, is it more about like, you know, I don't know, like, I don't want to say like indulgence, but I bet there is indulgence. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely <laughs> indulgence. In fact, uh, the nine satanic statements, statement number one is Satan represents indulgence instead of abstinence. Mm-hmm. And we make an important distinction, though, between indulgence versus compulsion, because mm -hmm. um, indulgence can be controlled, compulsion controls. So we do believe in indulgence and in that full material sense, but also at the same time, obviously, you have to use some foresight because if uh, you're going to go into, we don't we don't advocate reckless hedonism because that's not much of an indulgence in the long term. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Sam has a question in the chat, and I don't know how to pronounce this, but I bet you probably do. Is there an overlap with Crowley's, you know how to pronounce that? Yeah, AA. Yeah, yeah. Agentum Estrum. Mm -hmm. I would say no. Um, about the now, Crowley was very influential on a lot of other people, um, in that he was an occultist and set, you know, set things up in that direction. Um, uh, 
ritualistically, we make use of the Anakian keys, uh, which is goes back to an old occult uh, thing. We just use it for it's. I think just it has a psychological value to it to us. I know people in Crowley's group hate the translation that we give for those in the Satanic Bible, but we have something that you know it it works for us. But uh, yeah, I would say no. There really isn't much um overlap we both maybe use some ritual to some extent but that seems to be about it i know a lot of people try bringing up crowley as an example of a satanist but he wasn't he never identified as a satanist um the people who follow his teachings don't regard him as a satanist satanists don't call him a satanist so it seems seems to be just christians who call him a satanist and he wasn't <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how do you feel about the other um like uh world religions Speaking of Christianity. Well, <laughs> well, we say in Satanism, we're one of the few religions that say, like, this is not a thing for everybody. And if Satanism doesn't feel like a fit for you, we would rather you go find some other religion than trying to force Satanism to fit for you. Because there's a, a certain, um, not just philosophical view, but a certain, you know, mindset and attitude, I think that comes with it. Um, we have a saying that uh, Satanists are born, not made. And what I think that really means is that this is something that has to come natural to you and feel like a, a fit. Um, otherwise, trying to force it is um, not the right thing to do. So, I, I mean, I recognize the fact that other world religions have always existed. People are going to come up with their own conclusions and have their own experiences for what they do. And like most people, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I sort of have the attitude of do what you want. And so long as you're not making it hard on other people, trying to force it on other people, kind of cliche, but you know, mm -hmm. it works for me. <laughs> It's it, it's such a simple idea, but a lot of people don't really understand that idea I'm finding because it is the same with like libertarianism. It's like, you know, it's voluntarist. Like if you want to do yeah. something, do it. If you don't want to do something, don't do it. But don't force other people to do anything like let them do what yeah. they want to do and leave them alone if they're doing something that you don't want them to be doing. Yeah, and I understand where some of the motivation comes from for people proselytizing. They think they're doing something right because they think there's this important truth and everybody has to go hear it but it's kind of like uh, like a teenager who's really into a boy band and says well you know i i love the jonas brothers or whoever's big this you know this time and mm -hmm. so everybody else must certainly love this music too and it's like no you just come off as annoying yeah no, I felt I actually had this conversation with a Christian the other day. I was like, I, you know, I was doing my typical thing where I was trolling Christians on Twitter, which is like basically turned into yep. an everyday activity at this point, <laughs> just because it's good fun. I mean, come on, they yeah. like you, they're yeah, so yeah. easy. Um, but um, but you know, it's like you know, what like why do you constantly feel the need to like you know try to force your religion on me when I've told you ad nauseum I am not interested in it? It's fi fine for you, I don't care, but it's just not for me. And they say like, well, you know, if you had this really good news, wouldn't you want to share it? And I, I kind of wanted to be like. 
do you really think that I don't think my belief system is the best belief system in the world that could benefit everyone? I think my belief system could benefit everyone. I think everyone should do ayahuasca. I think everyone should do, you know, psychedelics to 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 expand their mind and expand their perspective. I'm not going to force you to do it, but I think it'd be a really good idea. But I'm not trying to force this down your throat all the time and telling you I have the way, the truth and the light. And it's like there I, I feel like there are some people that understand that, you know, I, I definitely think that like, you know, everyone's going to come to like whatever belief system is going to work best for them. Um, but there is there is a certain mentality with some of the religions that they truly believe that theirs is the only right way and it's their job to spread it. And I'm kind of like, well, I believe my way is the right way. But if you, if, if you are, it's, I guess it's kind of like a little bit what you said, if you are meant to follow my path, like the same one I'm on, I think you're going to come to it eventually anyway. So I don't need to share it with you. And it, it kind of seems mm -hmm. like you're saying the same thing with people who are kind of like they're, they're, they're born to be in, in your belief system rather than, you know, uh, trying to get the belief system to fit into what they, they want. Um, is there a type of person that fits in well with the church of Satan? What are some of the attributes that, um, you just see that tend to work well with that belief system? Well, there are a different range of, uh, personalities. Um, you know, there, there are introverted Satanists as well as extroverted ones. Um, you know, some who are more into this and into that, but I do think some kind of natural skepticism to not just even things of a religious nature, but also sort of the things that happen in the day-to-day -day world is a trait you find. Um, a real passion for living and just finding something that you're really passionate about. Um, I don't know many Satan who are just kind of ho-hum about everything. Um, you know, like, like people who have seemingly have no hobbies or, you know, no kind of you know, direction or long-term ideas in life. I don't, I don't see too much of that. Mm -hmm. and, uh, those, are, those are two things that come to mind. Mm -hmm. What type of benefits are people going to see kind of like in their life if they, if they practice um, the philosophy that you guys put forward? Well, if you're a Satanist and you're applying Satanism in your life uh, as part of that, it is just, the improvement of your life itself and trying to find an established success, however it is that you see it. And so I would say you might have a better radar, a better detection of um, other people may, who might try to take advantage of you in ways to avoid that. Maybe just having the sense and stop and look around and say, okay, this, this thing I'm in right now, I'm not really happy. I want to go change it for myself, make my life better. Through things of that that Satan is find um, Satanism beneficial for, as uh, I think I said, we treat Satanism as a as a tool, personal tool, not a a cause, uh, and certainly not something to shove on other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What um? So what is your kind of like? This is a question I get all the time from the Christians. Wait, like, because I don't believe there's like good or bad. I think that everything can be both good and bad, just depending on the the perspective. So, what is your kind of like moral compass? Do you have one, and and what does that look like? Well, I think my sense of morality, and I was I was saying this. I remember on Twitter since uh since it came up um, mm -hmm. in Satanism, we teach that humans are animals, and a lot of the morality ideas I think do come ultimately from an animal instinct and our interaction as social primates. 
Um, there was somebody on Twitter saying, you know, well, you absolutely have to have a belief in God in order to have morality. And I was like, no, you don't. Like, look at a school of piranha. They know not to attack each other. They don't pray to a piranha mm -hmm. god uh, for that. So I think likewise, uh, my sense of morality comes from rational self-interest, but also uh, my animal instincts, my drive for survival, my drive to avoid pain, and also a degree of foresight too, because um, you know maybe my neighbor is playing music loud. I might want to kill my neighbor, but I realized no, that's not in my best interest because I don't want to go to jail, or even if the jail and laws didn't exist, well, maybe that person's family would rightfully gang up and, you know, get rid of me. That's mm so. -hmm. Yeah. You know, so there's no, just, a, you know, I feel. I've, I, I've used the same example where, where people say, if I don't believe in like right or wrong, why don't, why don't I just go on a murder spree? And I'm like, well, I'm not really passionate about killing people. I don't really want to intrude on other people's lives. And I really don't want to go to jail. That would suck. Um, and then yeah. I wouldn't be able to accomplish anything in life. So why would I, why would I put myself in a position of needing to go to jail or probably having to go to jail just to be able to end someone else's life? That doesn't make sense to me at all. Yeah. Well, Gene in the chat uh, says Satanism is a fantastic tool for self-help. Would you agree with that? No, I'd, I'd cert most certainly agree. It's um, ultimate it's self-help. It's self-worship and then taking the responsibility with that. Mm -hmm. Sure. Mm -hmm. How has being a Satanist kind of like improved your life in ways that you feel comfortable talking about? Well, it's given me a chance to, it's given me an outlet for uh, creative projects and at the very mm. least, you know, that I've had this, um, you know, podcast and websites and people of like-minded interest I can go share that with, um, developing myself as a, as a writer from writing about these things. And also kind of realizing from the past uh, things that maybe irrationally kind of haunted me, having guilt for things I really shouldn't be guilty about at all um not having to deal with things like that it's another example i also imagine um and i might be projecting here but i imagine there's also like a little bit of um you know i bet you're like i would say you're probably a little bit of a rebel to be part of a, the church of satan i would say that that's yeah. kind of like a character attribute and kind of inherent to that is like kind of shrugging off territory. yeah i would say so and is that a little bit fun if we're honest sure sure um because I mean that just having that fun, that indulgence, I mean, that's kind of the opposite of being sanctimonious as as it is, you know, sometimes. It's uh, a little bit like the ultimate troll. Yeah. Yeah, in some ways you could say that. But I mean, um, of course we've you know, we've seen some atheists who can be just as stuffy and intolerant as the you know, most uh, strict monotheists. So yes. It doesn't strictly go by religion, but well, that's certainly very true. I mean, but like one of the things that I found um, in terms of, again, I'll equate it back to libertarianism, because it just seems like there are actually like a lot of parallels between the two um, mm -hmm. is like I, I found that um, kind of like in libertarianism for me, it helped me become more creative 
because I stopped worrying as much. And I was never really concerned about the judgments of others, but I really stopped caring about the judgments of others when I got involved in libertarianism. And in that, it opened up like a whole world of like creativity um, mm-hmm. in terms of like what I do online and like maybe sometimes playing roles online just for fun and for for my own entertainment if for nothing else. And I kind of imagine it would be the same thing if you're like, you're you're kind of like inherently rebelling against um not in not, maybe not that's the purpose, but you are rebelling against kind of like a, a standard worldview, and I would imagine that would actually give you a lot of freedom in terms of what can I create in this experience if it's entirely about kind of like worship of the self and indulging in the things that make me feel good and make me happy. Do you find that with Satanism? Yeah, certainly. And and just to tie this in again to the libertarian example, I would one thing I've noticed. Um, both people who politically identify as libertarians and um, people religiously identify as Satanists have found is that um, those things kind of give them third sides, third opportunities uh, to things because um, I know there are a lot of libertarians who say, okay, you know, I've seen like the Democrats like this, Republicans are like that. I, I don't have to necessarily you know, why should I be forced to choose either side? And um, to sort of make a symbolic parallel to Satanism, um, a lot of people might see the traditional religions do a lot with uh, this belief and ritual and stuff, but then at the same time, look at the hardcore atheists who say, well, all of it is nonsense, it's useless. But as a Satanist, um, I look at ritual and say like, okay, well, you don't have to believe in the supernatural stuff, but there maybe there is a psychological power to having ritual and having symbolism. And it looks like this thing that's in hum- humans use, whether it's in a religious context or other things and subcultures or sports games or whatever people, you know, like symbols and make use of that. And your symbols so. look cool. Like you guys have got some of the coolest <laughs> symbols you. in terms of like jewelry yeah. and like shirts and like, you know, stuff you hang on the wall. Yeah. Yeah. We try and we get uh, the, our main, the main symbol of the, the church of Satan uh, you may have seen is uh, called the sigil Baphomet. And that is actually trademarked by the church of Satan. You can go to the U S patent and trademark website and, and look up, you know, that symbol. Um, one, one quick thing I just want to say though, since you brought up libertarian, libertarianism just to be clear the church of satan itself does not have an official official political position we leave that up to the individual members to decide Mm -hmm. so we do have some members who are um who do identify as libertarian myself included and then we have some who identify as more liberal more conservative or or are registered democrats or registered republicans some of course from other countries who have a completely different system. And I know some Satanists who are just fiercely apolitical as well. Mm-hmm. So it goes back again because it's consistent with religion because Satanism is about doing what's best for yourself. So a Satanist who is, say, a, a single mom in Brooklyn is not necessarily going to have the same, uh, you know, wants and needs as a Satanist who is in his seventies and living in the Midwest say. Um, so inevitably they may find different politics or in their own different selfish interest. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I want to say too, the reason I keep bringing up libertarianism is just I'm trying mm-hmm. to I'm trying to wrap trying my to head. To yeah, I'm trying to yeah. relate to it and kind of like understand it myself, and maybe it'll sure. help other people understand it as well, and maybe not mm-hmm. too. Um, so so you uh you've conducted a number like you 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 perform rituals as part of the Church of Satan. What kind of rituals do you guys have? So, unlike most religions who have say like a weekly service, we see that ritual is something that should be on a, a need, uh, you know, a by individual need basis. Uh, because I've seen this happen with other religions where they'll have like a weekly service and you have some of these people who drag themselves to the church or synagogue more out of like a guilty feeling of obligation rather than because they actually like the ceremony. Mm-hmm. So we do have a set of rituals and they're very customizable. Um, and for us, ritual is, it can be a ceremony or it can be a way of just entering a subjective state of mind. You suspend disbelief in a controlled environment and you can let your emotions out that way and then come back, um, you know, to the, the same rational world. But it offers that certain escape. Um, that's one thing that religions have traditionally offered is uh, fantasy and escape mm-hmm. and uh, I, I find it to be not much of a coincidence that a lot of hardcore atheists I've seen who aren't Satanists but are hardcore atheists um, are into science fiction a lot and get really into that. I see that as, oh, they're probably getting their fantasy kicks that uh, religion maybe traditionally used to provide for people. Mm-hmm. You know, I find a lot of atheists to be angry. Just generally, like, like yeah. I find them to be like angry people. And I and, and I, I've also met atheists that are perfectly nice and lovely yeah. and happy, too. So I'm not making a blatant statement, but I mm-hmm. almost feel like, you know, that that, you know, participation in rituals, uh, you know, I, I think it does have a certain value to it. Just as you said, in terms of like being able to escape the normal world for a time yeah. to express your emotions. I think that yeah. there is inherent value in that process. Well, I think also with when it, we when it comes to utilizing uh, that to um push your own personal goals um that's something we do as satanists we have you know specific rituals for those things but even outside of religion it's something we see people doing um the example i often give is that when somebody is setting up a new store for example they might have like a ribbon cutting ceremony on the door or they might take the dollar bill from the first transaction and frame it on a wall now, some people might look at that and say, well, that doesn't really do anything, uh, you know, supernaturally about that. And it's like, yeah, but that's that's not the point. Um, maybe it can actually have a practical effect. Maybe it helps boost the morale of the people opening the store, the people working there. They might, uh, you know, go into work, see that dollar bill on the wall and get a, you know, bigger sense of purpose and doing the job, doing things well. Mm-hmm. So I think ritual can have a very practical effect and that's one of the approaches i take to that well it's like one of the it's like about your mindset and your perspective and like if you can Mm -hmm. if you believe you can do something you're more likely to go after that thing if you believe you can be successful in something like no one's going to start it no one's going to like open a small business and with the belief that i'm going to absolutely fail at this small business well why would you open a small business (laughs) business then if you had that belief so it seems like you know is it like about having the right mindset with going into things yeah certainly um and more specifically for our kind of rituals we think it's best to get into the mindset where you can really let yourself go again in a in a 
closed environment. And this is especially where the, the symbolism comes into play of um, uh, somebody had asked, I remember on Twitter, one of the questions was, well, if, you know, if church of Satan are atheists, why do they say hail Satan? And again, it comes down to the symbolism um, because I am a Satan in the sense that, you know, I am, am the person in, in the world who is going to be doing the indulgence for me as well and be skeptical and be that, uh, you know, voice of dissent in the world. So hail Satan is kind of saying hail me. It's also saying hail, hail us. Here's to us. Here's to Satanism. Here's to us and our accomplishments and what we stand for. I love it. I so. love it. Gene says that uh, LaVey did recommend Rand, and the Church of Satan has a page dedicated to Rand on its website, so connections between libertarianism and Satanism isn't how, all that much of a stretch. That's actually really funny. I didn't know that. Yeah, what is kind of a stretch, though, is how much um, Ayn Rand actually matches up mm. with Anton LaVey. How's there's that? certainly Well, there's certainly some overlap. I did an entire episode of my podcast, Satan's Blame, about this. Um, cause there's an accusation that, um, some people use as a dismissive thing. Some people try to say, well, you know, and Anton LaVey was just Ayn Rand and then like some black candles and that's all that Satanism is. And that's a really gross oversimplification. What really amuses me though, are people who say like, you know, um, well, I found out, uh, I, I read on this random website that, uh, Anton LaVey is thing is kind of like Ayn Rand. And so. So that's bad because capitalism is bad and blah, 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 um, which I find amusing. It was like, oh, yeah, I was totally on board with this religion that's dedicated to the Prince of Darkness. But, you know, then I found out they they might like capitalism. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> like, no way, man. <laughs> it's a step too uh, far. <laughs> yeah. So that's left, leftism for him. Um, mm. There is certainly some overlap in Ayn Rand's objectivism and Satanism, as you know, codified by Anton LaVey. In that uh, we're both, in both you find skeptical atheism, in both you find um, shameless selfishness, the, you know, the virtue of selfishness, as uh, Rand would put it, but that's about it. Um, there's, I, I spent, again, I spent a whole episode explaining the difference. Mm -hmm. And the article that was mentioned on the Church of Satan website about um, objectivism and Satanism is basically an entire essay illustrating like some of the many differences between the two and fundamental differences uh, as well um as i said earlier um we believe you know humans are an animal and satan is represent representative of the carnal nature for us and whereas in objectivism it's sort of the opposite and saying like well you know humans are better the less animalistic they are we pretty much say the you know precise opposite um, also, when it comes to envy, you ask a objectivist how they think of envy. They think envy is bad. They even sell little bumper stickers and phone cases that say, you know, envy is bad or envy is evil or something like that. And we see envy, like all the seven deadly sins, as something that can be beneficial. Uh, it can be driving for you. You know, you see your neighbor has a car. You say, I would like to have one of that myself. You work hard and get one yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, that's my take on it.
All right. Well, guys, we are talking to Magister Bill M. He is a member of the Church of Satan, and he is explaining um, what Satanism is and what he believes and all that good stuff. If you have a question for Bill, make sure you send in a super chat. Super chats do help to uh, support the channel and keep me in business, so I really do appreciate it. And if you can't do that, please mouth that like button for me, and please make sure you're subscribed to the channel. We've got lots of great conversations coming up. We do have a, co- a, a question from Jennifer. Jennifer says, is there a belief about an afterlife, or what do you believe happens after you die, do you subscribe to reincarnation? So no, there is no afterlife. We say life is the great indulgence, death, the great abstinence. So make the most of life here and now. I think when I die, I become worm food, essentially. Now that doesn't mean I can't live on in other ways. I do think people can live on in the accomplishments that they've made you know, if you're an author or a composer, you know, you sort of live on through your works and uh, through the people that you've had an effect with, you sort of live on symbolically through them. But no, I don't believe in any sort of uh, supernatural afterlife or that there is such a thing as uh, uh, a soul. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Now I see um, on your on your site, Satan's Plane, your latest episode is called Abortion is Not a Satanic Ritual. Have you been getting a lot of uh, com- comments given what has gone on in the world in the last uh, couple of weeks? Yeah. Um, and, and a lot of people keep tagging us um, on this topic and we keep saying, you know, over and over again uh, what it is. There was a troll group uh, created by a filmmaker Kevin Soling, that's Kevin with a C, um, who thought that, well, if you dress up as Satanists and try to say that um, abortion is a satanic sacrament, then we can get around any anti-abortion laws by using the First Amendment, and legally that doesn't work, and also it has nothing to do with Satanism. So we say, no, you can look through all of our rituals or literature, you can buy the books on Amazon, we don't have anything about abortion. There's a stereotype that, uh, you know, still persists to this day that Satanists are baby killers, um, you know, that we sacrifice animals and that, and which is nonsense. And also antithetical to what we believe too, because like I said, Satanism the, to us is the embodiment of, you know, the, the primal drive, the carnal and babies and animals are, about as carnal as it gets. So it makes absolutely no theological sense to us. Why would we kill a baby to praise that idea? Mm-hmm. You know, with the the Supreme Court decision that came down about the uh, football coach on the 50-yard line, of course, I was one of those smart asses that was uh, like uh, almost immediately like, okay, Christians, you got your prayer in schools, but just get ready because this means that like, Satanists are going to have the same freedom you do. And I bet you're not going to be so excited about that. And I got to tell you, I was actually really kind of impressed with the Church of Satan Twitter account. Well, this is what I was impressed with them for. They like knocked that stuff right off. They were apparently getting, I mean, it, it's predictable, right? It's the easiest. <laughs> it's a softball it's like you it's like a layup right you have to say yeah. it but it's also We've been they doing were it for years. That, but they yeah. were like knocking that stuff down they're like don't get us involved in this we don't want to do yeah. that and i was actually like wow the church of satan is probably taking the most ethical position that exists in this entire discussion right now who knew yeah and a lot of i know a lot of people think that's kind of like a nice uh you know snarky idea of um not just the idea of like, you know, hey, you know, watch out, Church of Satan may do that, but people tagging us and saying, 
hey, so now that this is there, you should go in and try to go, you know, do do a prayer in this. Or uh, another thing that happened recently was um, a uh, a Supreme Court case about um, a school in Maine. If you remember that, um, that there there was uh, Maine has a voucher program uh-huh. for schools, and I um, just did an episode of this on on uh, Saint's Plain. Um, oh, actually, no, it, that's going to be my next episode. I recorded it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, so basically, like um, half of the students in Maine live in these completely rural areas that don't even have a local high school. So in order to get the benefits of public education, uh, the state of Maine said, Here, here's a voucher you can use for um, you know, a, a public or private school so that if there's a private school nearby, you can go to that. Or if there is a public school in the next, next district, you can use the voucher for that. And yeah, the case was that um, there were the argument was that you couldn't use it for a religious school because then you're using tax dollars to endorse religion. But I guess the Supreme Court said, no, you're giving the voucher to the student. The student then has the choice. And if they want to exercise the freedom of religion to do that, they can. I don't lose sleep over, you know, that. But, you know, somebody was saying, oh, you know, Church of Satan needs to go in and set up a school now in Maine. Like, what benefit would we we get from that at all? Like you want us to spend all of our time and money to go make a school in the middle of the sticks that nobody will end up going to. And why? So you can get a few like cheap laughs at some Christians. So we got better things to do with our time and money. Mm-hmm. It's a fun thought exercise, but then you're like, okay, yeah. this is not actually a, a serious proposition yeah. of any sort, but it's also, you know, it, it's also interesting to think about it from the point of view that like, you know, if the roles were reversed and say you guys were the dominant religion in the world and Christians were like, kind of like this little rebellious offshoot, I got but, but, people in those but they kind of like function in the same ways that they do now i could absolutely see christians going say we're gonna go build our christian school right in maine right now to get to proselytize and bring more people in or 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 to own the satanist or whatever i absolutely believe that some of them would do that um but it's kind of it almost is it speaks to the mindset of the different of the two different belief systems um in that it doesn't really seem like you guys are interested in recruiting or like you know owning the christians as it were as much as the reverse might be true conceivably yeah i mean we don't really we don't proselytize because we don't really see any point in doing that in trying to convert people to us because like we say our you know satanism is not for everybody and we it just doesn't make any theological sense to us to try to indoctrinate try to set up um you know public institutions for things like that we believe in correcting misinformation when it shows up we believe in having our literature and all that you know available for purchase or you can read essays on the church of satan website for free too um to see whether or not is you know this thing is for you but yeah not um not indoctrination and not playing this game with uh christians in public like I said, there are some people who do that, um, thinking that it's a good win against the Christians to say, hey, let's like dress up as Satanists and go on and try to compete with Christians. Oh, they have a nativity scene. Let's make a satanic nativity. And the people who do this are you know, not Satanists. They're people who dress up in costumes to do this. 
and it's not the Church of Satan, not Satanists. And I understand, you know, plenty of us don't like the fundamentalist Christians. And I know it gets a few chuckles when you read a headline from journalists, you know, that, you know, Satanists compete with, you know, Christians for that, haha. But it just ends up misrepresenting Satanism and it never really accomplishes anything because no Christians ever, ever say, oh, well, you know, now that. Satanists can step up. I totally better back down on, uh, you know, my proselytizing and all that, and trying to, you know, do theocratic stuff. No, they'll double, they'll double down. It, it reminds me of uh, a phrase that I have to remind myself of often when I'm being a little antagonistic online, which is uh, "what resists persists." Which is if you if you like try to fight something or do like the trolley things, you're just going to make the problem larger. You're going to make people double down. It's just it's not going to yeah. be okay. And it's like it seems to me like you guys are like just taking the opposite approach, where you're like, "We don't want any involvement in that at all. Like we're just yeah. doing our thing. Leave us alone. Whatever." <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't, um, do people think like, oh, well, as a church of Satan, you should be like trying to actively fight, um, you know, Christians and stop them. I was like, well, I don't really care if somebody wants to yeah, be a Christian. And furthermore, like you said, it's kind of, you know, you get that, I guess, the, I don't know, Streisand effect is the right word, but, you know, some something along those lines mm -hmm. where, you know, they just sort of, you know, double down at that. Mm -hmm. um, I understand when you're, and this goes not just for Satanists, but other people who might be kind of getting rid of that religious programming they may have grown up with, with Christian parents. It can be, um, you know, cathartic to get into the religion bashing and all that, you know, troll them online um, and so on. Not, not like in your situation where they're coming to you, but you. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I'm mirroring you know, back to them, them, but it's like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're you're just <laughs> defending your ground, but you know mm -hmm. when you actually do it. It can be cathartic first, but I think eventually, you, know, you got to like move on. Yeah. No, I mean there is something to that, and and you're all, I, I I'm almost feeling seen to a certain extent just because I've been railing so hard on conservatives lately, just because they they have pushed me to my breaking point of like being insane, and I'm like. Mm -hmm. You know, part of me is like, it's it's a very cathartic experience for me to like tell off conservatives and it feels really good. But then I'm like, I sit back and I'm like, that was probably not the most productive use of four hours that you've ever had on Twitter <laughs> in your life. And possibly you should have redirected that to a better place. And it's kind of yeah. like the same thing. It's like, you know, I, you know, I don't, I don't really care if people are conservative. I don't like, I don't really care if people are Christian. It makes no difference in my life whatsoever maybe not fighting with them so much would be a, a better use of my time and to be able to focus on other things. And it sounds like that's what you guys are doing. You're, you're focusing on, I mean, if, if Satanism is like, it's the worship of the self and you are the God of your own experience, it's like you would rather be spending the time on what you want to do in the world and what makes you yeah. happy and what makes you feel good rather than worrying about owning the Christians or whoever else. Right. Yeah. I mean, and that's sort of the unexpected, uh, I think from the outsiders paradox there, it, about satanism is that you don't uh you know you better your satanism by bettering yourself and i think it's satanically it's much better to say here here's this painting i made here's this uh, book i wrote here's you know this thing that I, I did for my family here's a thing i did for my house then saying uh you know yeah i just posted a bunch of a uh, list of uh, bible contradictions um to everybody today 
Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> I like that. It's more of a, it's like, it's like creating, like I'm going to create like a business or a book or like a, a, po- a podcast like you're doing. It's, it's, it's like a, you know, it's always like, I write about this in my book. It's like the difference between creators and destroyers is there are some yeah. people who put value into the world and there are some people who try to pull that value out of the world. And it seems like what you're focusing your energy on is on creating value. Yeah. I, I think even there can be uh, paradoxically enough, a creative way to do destroying like even if you are I, I mean like in your your book which is great by the way which i bought thank you right away, i appreciate it mm-hmm. um you you kind of do destroying in the sense of like debunking thing there but you created something in the process something that other people can read and you know inspires other people oh, and fair point find a way to you know find structure in that fair it's point it is not there are there are ranty parts of it but it is certainly not just a rant (laughs) that's okay we need a rant every now and again um sam wants to know how do satanists experience or explain hauntings so i do know some satanists who believe in hauntings in in the sense of uh i knew i know um a fellow cos member who's part of like one of the ghost hunter teams and the thing is that even as in atheist um you can have interest in strange things you know strange stories of the paranormal or of uh, you know bigfoot or all these other things it's it, i don't think there's any shame in taking an entertainment interest in that um i as i said we don't believe in souls but that doesn't mean necessarily that um i i, I don't necessarily rule out the possibility that there may be other metaphysical explanations for things that happen uh, maybe there are other parts of science we don't understand yet. Um, there's theories on multidimensional space, for example. Um, is a ghost really just sort of an imprint in a higher fourth or fifth you know, dimensional space that comes back and we're seeing a reflection of it now and then? Is it all just, uh, as I probably suspect in most cases, just um, a lot of um, psychological you know, tricks and people listening for the nearest creek and then adding a lot of emotion to it. Um, Anton LaVey himself, before he had founded the Church of Satan, did a lot of um, different jobs. And one was as a paranormal investigator, and he would go to homes that were allegedly haunted. And he found in most cases, it was kind of like, uh, you know, there, there was like, there would be a, a bat in the ventilator shaft or an old tin can making a noise somewhere he had his own theories also on a thing called um law law the trapezoid which he had wrote a written article about and which basically was about the psychology of geometry Hmm. and his theory on how geometry of certain rooms might have a certain psychological effect and unnerving effect and that can add to the sensation of that that's so interesting because when I when I meditate and definitely when I do like ayahuasca or like DMT, you see geometry. You see it's called sacred geometry. You get like you go into like a tunnel where there's all sorts of sparks and shapes and all this stuff. So it's interesting that he had this perspective that geometry had a psychological impact. Yeah, I got my degrees in mathematics, too, so I could easily spend hours on <laughs> sacred mm-hmm. geometry and those sorts of topics. But uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, just another thing that that comes through. Um, 
I think the important thing to keep in mind is again, like there may be more than two options. It might not be, it's not like the only two options I think are, oh, there's a soul that humans possess and it sticks around on earth sometimes after people die or, oh, it's 100% psychological, um, you know, tricks and absolute bonk and nonsense. It might be another option that maybe there's a couple of things that aren't explained that we don't know about. I've certainly had my share of unexplained things, things that I don't feel comfortable chalking up to coincidence, but I just leave them as unexplained. Mm -hmm. and I don't dump a, I don't dump a supernatural meaning necessarily onto them. But I, I don't. What are some of the biggest misconceptions that people have about the Church of Satan? Um, well, there's a couple of them that come to mind. One of the most amusing ones uh, I can think of, what, what I can think of is two that come to mind. And what I find most amusing is that they're exact opposites of each other. Um, the first is the belief that uh, the Church of Satan is connected to the Illuminati, um, it, you know, runs uh, these world banks. Uh, there was an amusing incident that happened when somebody tagged us and Chelsea Clinton together on Twitter and we exchanged some words and people flipped out. Um, <laughs> so there's that. Um, and then the other misconception is like the exact opposite, which is that we're all teenage, uh, you know, rebel punks who like live in our mom's basement and, you know, just hate our Christian parents and that. And it's like, uh, we're neither. I'm, you know, I'm in my forties and I'm in my own house right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I said, good relationship, with my parents and, uh, sorry, but I don't control any banks aside from my own, you know, my own accounts. Mm -hmm. But, um, I get what's funny is the Church of Satan nowadays. Uh, we we always get the hate mail from you know the Christians, and I personally get that too. That that's never changed, but we do get a lot of people from Nigeria, and I don't know why this is. Huh. People from Nigeria contacting us who think that we're the Illuminati, and that we have millionaire job positions ready to give to anybody, and they don't even have the courtesy oh. to include a resume. Anything, so. Well, and they and they don't even try to try to scam you with offering you like the prince's money or something like that if you get them over the, here. Yeah, I mean that's that's you strange thing. Be like common yeah. courtesy for a Nigerian to try to scam you if he's asking for a job that pays millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean Nigeria is known for the the classic you know bank in Nigeria scam, the mm -hmm. uh, four one nine scam. But apparently, a lot of people who have this other belief that we can make them rich. I, I guess that belief kind of comes from there is an old uh, rumor that the Freemasons, who we have nothing to do with, are devil worshippers. And there's also old stories that the Freemasons control, like the world banks. So I'm guessing that somehow in Nigeria, and again, I don't know why it's Nigeria, not Kenya, Chad, or you know any other country around there. Apparently, it got mistranslated, I think, along the way to mean like, oh, if there's any social media website that has Satan or devil in the title, then they must be the rich people who make me rich. Mm -hmm. And anyway, that is a strange, uh, you know, phenomenon that shows up. We, we do still get the other 
traditional stuff, like I said, that, you know, the misconceptions that we we sacrifice babies, that we conjure demons and all this stuff that you see in Hollywood. And you know, those lies come from a mix of different sources. They come from the entertainment industry. They come from Christian propaganda, scare stories. They also come from clueless journalists who uh, know that having Satan or Satanism in a, in a headline, you know, can make for better clickbait, make for better sales. So there may be cases where some lunatic uh, goes and kills his family and they say, they find out he had uh, a, a black candle at home. And so they say, Oh, it was a satanic ritual murder. Even though it's the, he did stuff that has nothing to do at all with Satanism. So, you know, with these misconceptions like that, it's it's understandable. I, I will say that non-Satanists um, sometimes don't know what Satanism is because they get all these conflicting stories. But that's why we have the Church of Satan as a you know go-to place to sort of explain what it is. Mm -hmm. Sam says, I think a lot of people confuse a cult with Satanism. Is that what's going on, you think? Yeah, I mean, a cult is a general term of... Um, you know, all sorts of these uh, practices that use, say, you know, spell casting and candles and all that. Now, ritualistically, we make use of some of those tools, but we have, again, a materialistic worldview about it. And it's not, uh, we don't take the supernatural um, occult sort of belief to it. You'll see a lot of occultists, for example, who spell magic as M-A-G-I-C-K uh, because their rationale is, well, what we're doing is magic and it's a, you know, a supernatural thing and it's not to be confused with stage magic, which is pulling rabbits out of hats and card tricks and that sort of thing. Um, we don't spell magic with a K because to us, those two are not really all that fundamentally different because when you go see like a, a magic show on stage it's a suspension of disbelief you're doing it for an emotional effect and uh you know in the back of your mind that it's not real but you have your expectations set up so that you suspend disbelief and believe it you know again for that emotional effect mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like anything. It's like when you're watching a movie, like, you know, what happened in the movie isn't real, but mm -hmm. it benefits your experience in watching the movie to believe that it's real for that, you know, two hour period of time. Yeah, exactly. And that's our approach that we take um, when it comes to ritual. Mm -hmm. Oh, and it's also like, you know, you'll, you'll be able to experience like emotion. Like if, if I'm watching, well, God, I'm going to say like an awful movie Titanic or something. Cause I cried the first okay. time I saw Titanic, sure. but like, it, like, it's like, you know, well, even though the Titanic was like a real thing, but like, you know, uh, Jack and Rose on the, on the, the thing and, and Jack is floating into the ocean and like you, all the tears yeah. flow. It's like, it's a way to express emotion. Like you said earlier with the rituals that maybe, and I was actually talking with someone a couple of weeks ago, Andrew Gold, who I have on the channel every now and again, and he was talking about how sometimes men will be able to cry in like movies but they can't cry when something is sad like in real life like if someone dies they have tr trouble crying but they can do it in more of this um that like a, a like to a movie or Troll something yeah. yeah and i imagine it's kind of like the same with with your rituals right it's like it's it's that's yeah. the emotional release yeah yeah definitely and uh, mm -hmm. that's you know the main purpose of it and we and you know, we see it like that cool all right. Patrice says, how do Satanists manage their public profile? Do they enjoy any public service? How do they keep crazy people from attacking them? That's a great question. 
Yeah, well, a lot of Satanists are decidedly in the closet. Um, I mean, I here I am right now in front of a camera, but I certainly don't let any of my coworkers know that I'm a Satanist. Um, some of my more religious relatives, I don't, you know, let them know or um, neighbors and so on. Um, well, main reason I don't say it at work is because I don't think religion belongs in the workplace at all. I think yeah. it's just unprofessional. So, you know, but, uh, and it's not that I'm ashamed of who I am, but I do realize, you know, the nature of deliberately choosing this religion with an explicitly adversarial name. And I know people have their misconceptions and I don't want to risk the chance of, um, you know, find people find trying to find a reason to fire me for that. Mm. And I know some people say, Oh, well, no, it's legal. They can't fire you for your religions. Like true. But, but yeah, <laughs> they may say like, you know, they, Oh, well, we noticed, you know, you signed in here at nine Oh one instead of nine o'clock and you know, this and that, they may put you under more of a magnifying glass and make, you know, life difficult for you. Mm -hmm. um, so some, now some Satanists are quite out in the open because of their career. For example, I know people who own tattoo shops or are professional <laughs> heavy metal musicians or in, in situations like those, you, you know, it may be safe to, you know, be quite out, but in the corporate world, not so much. Um, I know some Satanists who are school teachers or policemen, uh, the military, and, you know, may keep mm -hmm. that hidden, you know, for good reasons. You know, it reminds me of when I got in so much trouble for that uh, Hitler tweet, because the reason that I was engaging in that conversation is I was I, I made the explicit decision that I was going to talk about my belief system as yeah. bluntly and overtly as Christians talk about their belief system to me every single day, just to kind of like yeah. mirror the behavior back to them. And oh, my God, like the reaction to that from these people who are like First Amendment, you know, freedom of religion, all that. But but free, freedom of religion for me, but not for yeah. thee in practice and so i think it's very easy to understand why you might keep it undercover but i also it feels like a shame isn't it because it's like there's nothing nefarious going on here like it's yeah. actually it seems like actually a really productive belief system where you're to me it seems and correct me if i'm wrong like you're focusing on channeling your energy in ways that are productive and fulfilling in your life that's yeah, what you it could is. say that yeah yeah I would say um, maybe we are nefarious and evil in the sense of um, the idea of putting yourself above the collective, um, having no shame for indulgence and things like that. That is viewed as evil by a lot of people, not just Christians. So, and uh, you know, we we take no shame in that. And that's so crazy, isn't it? Because it's like, why why would you make like why would you perceive yourself and your needs as as evil? Well, I mean, a lot of people, and again, Christians are not, have this idea that um, you have to do things for the collective. We see that in political extremes, you know, of mm. either side. Um, that you have to, that there's, there's a popular belief these days that there's some kind of virtue, I think, in being a victim and being yeah. able to associate yourself with a victim class. And we don't see Satanism like that at all. I've seen some people try to do that who kind of miss, miss the point. Um, it would be stupid of me to say, well, you know, I'm a Satanist. And then when people don't look favorably upon that, say, oh, I'm being oppressed and you must accept me. It's like, no, by taking up the label Satanist, I'm, it's a statement saying I don't really 
want to be part of your group, you know, leave us alone. Mm-hmm. We're explicitly adversarial. Mm-hmm. Well, you've got a couple of different shows that you do. You have The Devil's Mischief and you have Satan's Plane. Can you tell us a little bit about each of those shows and how they might yep. be different? So um, Satan's Plane is the more recent one. And I started that just a few months ago. And it's just a Satanism Talk podcast. Right now, it's just me uh, ranting about different subjects and how they relate to Satanism, reading some essays. I've written a lot of essays, so I'll be probably reading some more of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, where it will go in the future, I don't know. I may have guests on. I may um, do do like a thing like this, you know, live streaming. Um, I said, all right, I'll you know record some episodes and see where it goes from there. Now, the Devil's Mischief is a completely different show. That is a comedy and novelty show. Oh, that I've been doing since uh, two thousand three, and for us, I I mean, I see comedy as an inherently satanic thing because comedy to me is the antithesis of piety of being sanctimonious and i've kind of learned early on even before i discovered satanism the power of humor um power of satire and being able to like take uh somebody's huge argument and find that one funny contradiction and point it out and ridicule that you know can shatter everything I think there's something inherently satanic about that. Um, it also came out of a frustration of seeing so many other comedy shows that were just kind of hack humor jokes that, you know, we've heard people do all the time or conversely jokes that were all based on shock and no wit. Um, so it kind of came out of my own frustration of wanting to make a comedy show that I would want to listen to. And I thought, especially there were uh, comedians that I thought other people would especially other satanists would uh would find appeal in uh george carlin has been a staple mm-hmm. since the beginning i also run the website georgecarlin.net no way uh, yeah um, wow and that started out of as a frustration of seeing so many fake george carlin quotes on the internet so if you go to georgecarlin.net you can find definitive list of uh the quotes and i go meticulously through things okay he really said this no he didn't say that that was from this other comedian you know mm-hmm. this you he know, said is from this book yeah it's funny that you bring him up because i always used to use him for obvious reasons to teach people how to pronounce my name i would always say carlin like george carlin and yeah. but it's spelled way different and so, you know there reached a point and maybe it was about oh gosh maybe it was about like 10 years ago now it was a while back where people stopped knowing who george carlin was and that was yeah. deeply upsetting to me when it happened <laughs> well what i also found out and i only found this out after i started doing the devil's mischief is that he's virtually unknown outside of the u.s um, I've had really? so many people, I, I've had so many uh, people write to me over the years, people from outside of the U.S. and say, wow, I'd never heard of George Carlin at all until I listened to your show. Wow. Um, he never performed, uh, he perfor- He would pre- perform in Canada now and then, but as far as I know, I don't think he ever performed outside of the U.S. and Canada. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, but he's somebody I've, I've been a diehard fan of i own every single album i saw him live about a dozen times and um so i i go through his entire discography on there um most recently on the devil's mischief i was celebrating the 50th anniversary of the class clown album and mm-hmm. uh 25th anniversary of his book brain droppings 
and also mentioning what I what I find to be satanic significance in that. It's not just a blasphemy. It was more than that philosophically, I think. I think he was in line with a lot of, uh, in agreement with a lot of LeVay, if, if he didn't know it. Does does his comedy kind of like hold up to our times today? Because I I I think back to like what was it like the seven things you can't say on TV, and it's like yeah. if you listen to that today, some of that is like like those swear words are really not that bad. I say worse things on YouTube like yeah. every single day. Does it hold up? Some of his stuff, I think, certainly holds up. I think is uh, you know Chris criticisms on uh, you know religion, politics, and other social phenomena are valid. Um, I remember him saying in his autobiography last words that um the last time he did the routine uh seven words or a variation on it was one of his hbo specials and he said he could now stop it because now those words were on tv (laughs) (laughs) well so so what are have been some of your uh favorite topics so far for uh satan's plane what have been some of the things you've been talking about well, I think the one that's gotten the most um, listens and the most shares has been the one comparing Ayn Rand to LeVay, because like I said, that's one that comes up a lot and there's a lot of misconceptions. And so hopefully I've you know, explained, um, you know, what, what the actual differences are. And I address like a fake quotation or out of context quotation that's been going around the internet, um, you know, attributed to LeVay. And where that actually comes from. Um, I did also do an episode talking about comedy. Um, and I was reading a bit of an article from the Babylon Bee. I love the Babylon Bee. And they wrote a great article that was about the nature of satire and sort of uh, pushing an interesting question saying, where is the line between satire and reality? Because they've written articles that were, you know, satirical but then they came true the same thing happened of course you know with simpsons um and so you know they 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 wrote some stuff about that but then they took this weird u-turn at the end making it like a christian argument and i was like oh no 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 as they're prone to do as christians as they're prone to do (laughs) yeah um i i still even though it is like billed as a you know a christian uh, comedy thing, Christian satire thing, which to me is a an oxymoron. They do have some good writers at Babylon B. I have to admit, I, I do think they have some clever stuff. Re- they really do. I think that a lot of their stuff is just genius, and their timing is just it is so perfect. Sometimes it's like this is it is it is it's way better than The Onion for me at this yeah. point. Yeah. Well, I think like in this day and age, like there are new sacred cows, you know, and uh, I think part of Satanism is always sort of poking into those sacred cows as they come up, not limited to the religions. Um, mm-hmm. We see a lot of stuff going on, you know, political correctness and the wokeism and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Oh, um, that's actually good. We should talk about that. Has the church sure. of Satan gone woke? No. What, Thank but God. But here's so funny. So the <laughs> short answer. Yeah. So the short answer is no, but here's the funny thing. We get accused of that. Um, but at the same time, we also get accused of being alt-right. And I've, there have been days where like, I will get, uh, you know, some disgruntled ex-member of the church of Satan. Uh, for example, there is a disgruntled ex-member of the church of Satan who's now with Antifa and has been harassing me and like trying to dox me and, and stuff for a while. Wow. Um, 
and you know trying to say well you know they're they're alt right because of this this and this now first of all it just doesn't make any sense to me the whole idea of trying to social shame a satanist Again, it goes back to the weird thing of, you know, like, well, it's okay that, you know, they align themselves with the Prince of Darkness, but they like capitalism, too. And, you know, that's that's where it's bad. Um, but again, at the same time, we get accusations that like, oh, you know, you, you're woke and you're catering to leftists now. And in both cases, it's usually just a case of us stating our position on something that we've had since the beginning, since almost 60 years ago when we were formed. Um, there are some stores, for example, that are Church of Satan affiliated that sell the pride flag with our sigil over it. Some people like buying that. Some people like buying. You know, That's the, actually the, kind the of hilarious, flag. if I'm honest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, some people like buying, you know, some people, there are gay Satanists, uh, you know, who mm -hmm. enjoy that. There are also gay Satanists who don't want to have anything to do with, you know, the pride and the flag and all that. But, um, and it's like, well, we've had the the position since day one that we say it's okay if you're homosexual, bisexual, uh, you know, polyamorous, transgender, we're fine with that as long as it's you're doing things with, you know, as a consented adult with other adults, so on. And so, you know, we get asked our positions on that. Like when gay marriage was big in the news, we stated our position on that. And then we get a cue. It's like, oh, you're jumping over to, you know, the left. And it's like, no, we're just saying the same thing we've been saying now for over half a century. And again, it happens on the other side too. Um, people will, you know, um, find something that doesn't quite align with wokeism and say, oh, look, you know, the church of Satan is like, all right. So... Yeah, so uh, been a bit of a rant, but hopefully that answers. <laughs> no, it does. I mean, it's, it, it seems like yeah. it's kind of like with anything else. It's like, I, you know, I've said a million times I wrote about it in the book. It's not like left mm -hmm. versus right. It's it's authoritarianism versus libertarianism or like individualism yes. yeah. or however you want to, you know, and it's like, you know, this happened to me just a couple of weeks. Actually, when I was at Porkfest, I had an article come out about me and I haven't talked about it on the channel yet, but maybe I should. Um, there was an article that came out about me in this like communist newspaper in Vermont that was pissed off because of the work we did around the Burlington Vermont School District and they called me a homophobe and a transphobe and literally I, in I the same that. Yeah. well yeah but like in the same week conservatives were filling my Twitter timeline calling me a groomer and I'm like yeah. everyone needs to come and have a meeting and decide and like you all need to make up your own minds but yeah. people were saying they're like if you're getting attacked by both sides you're probably in the place that you need to yeah. be and so whatever and it sounds like you guys are kind of getting the same thing it's like whatever people's views are they want to they want to export yeah. that onto everything and that's just usually not the way it is well and that also especially works with the church of satan because it's like we're the bad guys so trying to associate us with you know the side the, the person doesn't like is uh you know always gonna always gonna happen now and then um it, just as we've seen people say like you know th there are some people who will tag us and say, you know, this person is more like, you know, this church is, they're more like the church of Satan because they're into this. And we have people both on the extreme left and extreme right who say that. Um, but I've seen some conservatives um, use the word church of Satan, not realize there is an actual church of Satan. And so that's when we kind of chime in and say, no, this is not what we're about. Mm -hmm. Do you find that... 
Oh, yes. I bet. I bet they really love that. Um, do you find that like most of what people say about you guys in terms of like saying you're this or you're that is just projecting like whatever is going on with them and what they don't like onto you is like the like the I mean, I would imagine like the Church of Satan would be like the absolute like, um, you know, epitome of like rebellion and being the thing that people are supposed to be against. So is it mostly just projection when people are saying that? Yeah, that's certainly the case. Um, but I mean, even our, out of the nine satanic statements, uh, satanic statement nine, we say Satan has been the best friend the church has ever had as he has kept it in business all these years. And I think that applies not only to uh, Christian churches, but any other kind of um, institution that who needs a, a bad guy, who needs a, you know, a boogeyman or an adversary that and we still see the same thing today even you know in the 21st century whether it's using satanism or um you know seeing racism everywhere where it might not exist you know i was just going to say the same thing about about racism it's like if yep. so if, if satan is the thing that's keeping the church in business racism is the thing that's keeping the left in business and they see it everywhere and yeah to a certain extent, like wokeness is now uh, uh, one of the things that's keeping the conservative right in business because there are so many like organizations that are just built up to make money off of fighting wokeism when they don't yeah. really do anything to fight wokeism. Well, you may be familiar with uh, back in the 1980s, there was uh, a, a what's now called the satanic panic hysteria. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. On. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember growing up through that myself and uh it was daytime talk shows and as well as televangelists and everybody um pushing this idea that there were roving bands of devil worshipers in every town who were kidnapping babies and all you know eating them and all this stuff and then you know fbi had looked into it found really no evidence for it there were some isolated cases again of a crazy person who hears voices in his head and you know thinks the devil is telling them to go kill uh you know kill their family but nothing uh, like an organized you know cult that people claim existed um and a lot of people are saying that nowadays with the QAnon phenomenon people are saying well we're kind of seeing a resurgence of that because now people are you know are saying there are the same sort of thing there are these devil worshipers in government and blah 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 and I say I can kind of see what you're saying, but one huge difference is the QAnon is known as a conspiracy theory. They don't have the media on their side for sure. Right. And aren't um, they also like overtly Christian? I feel like. Yeah. Yeah, usually. And uh, I mean, what, what I find the worst thing about the QAnon thing is that yeah, there there may be actual things going on in government with human trafficking and, you know, this and that. But when you try adding this satanic costume to it and you start saying, oh, well, Hil Hillary Clinton is, you know, is a Church of Satan member or, you know, is, is secretly a devil worshiper. This and that. It's like, all right, you've kind of lost all, you know, the argument and the credibility with that mm -hmm. by, by going off in that end. But um. Yeah, again, with uh, so some people think there's a relation with that QAnon and that I and I say no. If anything, I think the the wokeism has more of a relationship, more of a resemblance to the satanic panic of the '80s. Because in this in the 1980s, it was like every symbol that they don't understand is a satanic symbol. Oh, there are you know there's Satanism, this and that everywhere. And now it's like oh, there's racism everywhere. Everything we don't understand is a racist symbol. I mean the the okay, you know, prank mm -hmm. from 4chan 
people are still falling for that. It's so great. And, yeah. <laughs> the whole point for of the prank. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. And the, the whole point of that prank was to say, like, well, everybody is seeing racism everywhere. Let's try to think of some like innocuous symbol. Okay, like the okay hand, and we'll tell people. Yeah, that stands for white supremacy and see if people fall for it. People fell for it. And even after the hoax was exposed, people were still falling for it. So every single know. day, every single day, Gene yeah. has another question. He says, uh, we know the Church of Satan isn't leftist, but can you address the occasional accusation of being neo-fascist? And then he follows up. Oh, gosh, hang on. I know the Church of Satan isn't fa uh, fascist. I just think this is a good opportunity to dash that misperception. Yeah, well, fascist is one of those terms I think like a lot of people just throw on anything they disagree with or anybody like saying rules. So I'm not really it, it, like I, you know, trying to make sense of it. It would I would have to say, like, what do you mean by fascists? Are, you, are we controlling people? We're not controlling any of our members. Like, like I said, you can join and there's no social obligation you don't even have to join the church of satan to be a satanist all you really need to be a satanist is you know you read the satanic bible and you see yourself in that you find yourself in agreement with you know the belief system and all that you don't have to be a uh, formal member I think Gene might be following up here. I'm looking at the yeah. influence of people like Boyd Rice and uh, I don't know that other guy. <laughs> yeah, Mr. X. Yeah. yeah. So those were two uh, members. They're both ex-members now. Um, Diablos Rex was a um, Satanist, was a member for a long time. He ended up having beliefs in the end that he felt were no longer congruent with Satanism, so he left. Um, and that happens once in a great while. Because um, human beings sometimes, you know, they change their beliefs, they get different experiences and the church of satan isn't a cult we don't you know prevent people from leaving if they want to leave you know some people come to the honest realization okay i thought this thing was for me and it was for a while and you know not for me anymore so i'm gonna leave like okay you know left on good terms um some of them in interviews you might uh see them talking about um social darwinism and things of that mm -hmm. nature and it kind of goes back again to the accusations of, oh, we're all right uh, because we said this and this, or we're now all right and we used to not be. Um, so at its simplest, I would say we we are social Darwinists in the sense we do believe there's a you know, hierarchy of nature. It's not so finely tuned that you can call, point to somebody and automatically say they're superior or inferior, but we do acknowledge that there are differences and abilities and so on in humans that might be considered um fascist by the egalitarian standards you know today but uh that i can't please everybody no well are there any other topics related to the uh, church of satan that you feel like we should address today that i just didn't think to uh ask you about that would be interesting um looking through like uh you know i made some notes in preparation if i had to jump oh, cool. to uh to something but uh oh uh, no but i mean if there's other no. other questions we have oh we hit on already an hour and a half that flew by i know it does it goes really fast well i guess josh is asking oh there's a couple questions in the chat actually do satanists believe in platonic virtues platonic virtues um i'm sorry i have to ask for I don't know if you could explain what that is. I got some kind of idea with Plato and like, um, okay. I, is there's a sp specific list. 
didn't doesn't he have of the platonic virtues or yeah I'm Josh, so sorry, you, I don't understand the question. That's a, that's okay, Josh. If you could clarify in the chat, we can make sure to ask that. And and while you're clarifying, Sin wants to know how are women treated in the Church of Satan? Sin's going to become a Satanist now. <laughs> <laughs> we we treat uh, men and women as equal in terms of you know status or ability. When Anton Lavey died in 1997, he handed the Church of Satan over to his lover Blanche Barton. Blanche Barton was the high priestess. We had a woman as the leader of the organization till she decided on her own to go step down, focus more on being a parent. And then it was handed over to, you know, Peter H. Gilmore. But um, unlike some other religions I could think of, we do not call uh, women inferior. We sometimes get accused of being sexist because we do recognize masculinity and femininity. And we think that there's nothing wrong with a woman who wants to exploit her femininity to her own personal advantage mm -hmm. as it were we have a whole book um about that called the satanic witch hmm. and um so yeah but no I, I would say no we're not sexist but then again in this day and age and anybody born before 1980 is considered a sexist barring those stupid examples now mm -hmm. we treat women I'm as equals I actually find like the stereotypes of like the left to be some of the most sexist things, to be honest. It's like when you like, you know, in like the libertarian, like the libertarians are like the least, you know, I'll bring it back to that. Like, like mm -hmm. they don't care if you are a man or a woman. They, there is no relevance to like whether or not you're going to show up, you're going to work hard, you're going to contribute yeah. to the group and all that stuff. Um, but I find like the, the left is constantly trying to stereotype like this is what it means to be a woman. And then and you can just create all these other. But it's, it's not even like this is what it means. It's like this is like you know there's a tradition traditional feminine stereotype and if you don't ascribe to that you might be a boy or we might be able to just declare that we're a woman even if we're like a man and have been one for 40 years with like a beard and all that and it's yeah. like they're much more focused on stereotypes than i think you know you guys are it's my perception anyway yeah it still comes down to individual choice we do have trans members you know there are trans satanists mm -hmm. um and you know we say okay that's your own decision to do that there's nothing against that in satanism if you know you feel um you want to transition you feel you are this different sex trapped in the different body or however it is that you you know you view it you know we're fine with that we're fine with satanists who want to be more androgynous say in you know their looks um more masculine or more feminine in that you know that's fine comes down to the individual choice um, if you're starting to demand that, you know, we treat you with kid gloves or treat you as special because of this trait or another, it's like, you know, you're not really in the right party. <laughs> well, Josh did clarify. He said this was about Aristotle, Aristotle. and then any semblance of objective morals. Um, and I think we kind of we covered that earlier in terms yeah. of like the objective morals. But I guess the four the four uh, cardinal platonic virtues uh, okay. were wisdom, courage, moderation, and justice. I could say we support you know those in some way or another, but um, they sure sound like they're open to a lot of interpretation. Um, like with justice, for example, I mean we do. Um, shamelessly believe in vengeance, personal vengeance for that. Hmm. Um, you could you could call that justice in there. Um, if you mean justice in the sense that of the egalitarian sense that we have to fix all the problems in the world where they exist, no, 
Uh, again, it's up to the individual Satanist. If, if an individual Satanist wants to go do charity or get involved in some political cause or some kind of activist cause or another, that's fine. They do that on their own. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What about moderation? I wouldn't, it wouldn't strike me that Satanists are, would be all about like moderation unless it served you in some way. Well, I, I kind of like the old cliche, everything in moderation, including moderation. <laughs> um, you know, again, we do believe in indulgence, but we're also against compulsion within that. We do recognize that you can possibly overindulge to the point of uh, compulsion or to the point where it is, you know, violating with other things. Um, I was thinking the other day, I even made a meme about this. Um, about like dieting, for example, um, you know, we believe in the seven deadly sins. Gluttony is a sin. I believe in it, which is just eating more than you need. That's a good thing to have, but pride is also a sin. And so if I could say there's a satanic diet plan, diet plan, it would be make pride a bigger sin than gluttony. <laughs> um, if I can give a plug, I also run a meme page on Facebook called Shit's Satanic Memes. <laughs> and um, that was made, that was, curiously enough, another thing grown out of frustration because we saw a lot of satanic meme pages that pretty much just all, always focused on blasphemy. So uh, Satanists, I know, made this page, wanted to set it up as um, a page where we could make memes that were jokes that pretty much other Satanists would get in mm -hmm. that little more creative. And so that's sort of what we do there. It's almost like, you know, it strikes me is that like the Satanists are almost like the most reasonable people sometimes in this conversation, the way you're describing them. You're like, like all these people are out there like attributing all this crazy stuff to you. Oh, we got a bot in the chat. Oh, that hasn't happened in a while. Um, <laughs> like they're, they're always attributing like all this stuff to you. And you're like, you're just like calmly like saying, nope, that's not correct. Here's the correct thing. And it's really yeah. not as spicy as the way you guys are framing it. And, you know, it's 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 a little ironic in that regards. Yeah. Well, people have uh, mentioned that on Twitter and saying like, gee, I can't believe you guys keep, you know, having to answer this like, you know, question every day. And it's like, yeah, but realize that's just Twitter too. I mean, even before the internet, we've had to, you know, explain certain points over and over again on, on television, in letters, <laughs> offline, you know, so... Well, if people want to find out more, if they've been enticed by this conversation and they're maybe like, yep. I'm maybe I'm a Satanist, where can they go to find out more information? What's the best first step? Best resource, I think, is the official website, churchofsatan.com. And you can find um, all of our the basics there. There's a very extensive FAQ, which is very informative. You can find essays on there, some essays written by me, too, and uh, some of our other members. And so I would say that's a go-to resource um i also run on facebook a uh, Ch church of satan forum that's open to you know anybody who wants to join um it, it's the one that has a lot of members because there were always fake groups and fake pages like that popping up all the time uh, but you can find a link to that also actually from the official site somewhere so cool
Well, Bill, I want to thank you so much for uh, coming on the show today and having what is, you know, a, a you know, ironically sh- reasonable conversation <laughs> about a topic that I think a lot of people would find inflammatory. I want to welcome all of the Satanists in the chat that have been contributing in the chat. I think that that's really great. And it just presents a different image than I think a lot of people um, might suspect on this topic. And guys, once again, if you are interested in um, what Bill is doing at Radio Free Satan or for Satan's Plane and all that, the link is in the description below and i definitely recommend like check it out even if you don't even if you're like you know i think all this stuff is crazy and i don't want to be a part of it or it's just not your cup of tea i always think that there's a lot of value in learning from other belief systems and i especially like i like this type of belief system i mean it is it is very similar to mine except i do believe in the divine i do believe in the metaphysical so i'm not quite there but in terms of like the individual nature of it and focusing on the self i'm i'm completely on board with all of that and so there's probably a lot that you know i like a lot of takeaways we could we could take away from what you guys are doing just in terms of like focusing on the self being creative like uh, you know building things focusing energy on the right things rather than you know getting involved in the nonsense so i really appreciate you coming on the channel today thank you bill you're very welcome thank you for having me i've been a fan of you know you and your work and your shows in general so it was an honor to finally be a guest yeah absolutely absolutely all right well that's all we have for for today's discussion bill i'm going to pull you out of the screen i'm going to do some shilling and i'll be back with you in in one second but guys just a reminder this is part of my new disenraged series where i'm really focusing on bigger picture conversations about the human experience um and you know just all sorts of like interesting topics and hopefully more interesting people if you have someone that you think would be a good fit for this series please leave a comment and let me know Give me a suggestion. You guys know I don't watch stuff on the internet because I don't have time for that, but I, I know a lot of you do. And so I'm, I'm sure you have some great recommendations for that. Coming up, we have Joshua is going to be with us on Friday, and this is not going to be for our typical show. He's not going to do any psychicking. This is going to be a conversation about uh, how Joshua became a psychic, how he developed his abilities, what can he actually do, what is his process for that. And so we're going to be having that conversation at 2 p.m. on Friday. And then next week, we are going to be having a conversation with Spectre on Monday about being a socialist and just how he views the world as a socialist and the things that he cares about and the things that he thinks are important and, and you know, maybe some of the disagreements that we have. And, you know, Spectre and I have always been able to have reasonable conversations with each other. I have no reason to think that this would be any different. And I really do hope you tune in, even if you don't, even if you think socialism is, no pun intended, the devil, you know, still tune in and and get to know his point of view because I think that this is really important. And then on Wednesday of next week, Dan Smoth is going to be coming on the channel. We're going to have a discussion about spirituality and try to answer probably the most important question of our time based on my Twitter feed. Did Hitler really go to hell? And I think that's going to be a great conversation. We're also going to have a conversation with Jennifer next week. I just haven't built the stream for it yet. But guys, lots of great stuff coming up. Please make sure you mount that like button. Please make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not already. And I will be back tomorrow. And tomorrow we're actually talking about Porkfest. We're going to recap Porkfest, the Great Libertarian Festival. We're going to have lots of great guests to talk about all the magic that happened this year and what maybe what we can even anticipate in Porkfest 20. It's going to be the 20th anniversary next year. So looking forward to welcoming Dennis back on the channel tomorrow at 5 p.m. Guys, that's all I have for right now. Take care and we'll see you soon.